What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed, starting with this week's Raw Roundup. Next, there was a War Games video package, and then we got Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. This was a good, big man, beefy style match, but much like I was saying in other things this show, I wasn't really sure who it was meant to help in this particular instance. I love Drew McIntyre, I love Baron Corbin, um, but Drew McIntyre does not gain much by defeating Baron Corbin. And that's not a knock on Baron Corbin. It's just he already did it. And not that long ago. You know, we had WrestleMania. He kicked out of Baron Corbin's finish. And so... With right now, like, one of the things that's happening in Raw is Baron Corbin is getting built up as a as a guy, as one of the guys. You know, as, as one of the top talents. And so... To have him go up again against someone he'd already lost at WrestleMania and lose again, to me, in a little bit of a way, it did hinder the growth of this new direction that his character is going in and this new uh, credibility that's being built under JBL and and to show that he is a main event talent and that he's not just a a joke like he was when he was Happy Corbin or when he was bum-ass Corbin. He's back to Baron Corbin, and he's a badass, and so I didn't really love him losing already. I felt like with him being rebuilt right now, he should be winning matches, you know? I think that he should be beating people. He should be showing his dominance. I don't know if I think it's the move to have him losing already. Yeah, I just, I, I, I was kind of bummed about that. Because I do think everything that he's been doing with this character has been rebuilding his credibility. And a loss to Drew McIntyre is kind of like two steps back. And I don't think we want to take any steps back with a Baron Corbin right now when things are going well and he's taking all these steps forward. So that was just kind of like my thought process on it. Because my thought process on it. Because I think that Drew McIntyre doesn't gain anything with this win. And he already... I shouldn't say already had momentum, but I don't think this gives him any momentum. I don't think he gains anything from this win because he's already beaten Baron Corbin. He's already done that. And we're in the process of rebuilding Corbin. So, yeah, I didn't love that outcome. I really felt like I really felt like it's kind of, I don't want to say the wrong direction for for Baron Corbin, but it's not necessarily the direction that's going to take him to the top when he's losing and then in these comedy things with like an Akira Akira Tozawa. Um, Because the finish came after Tozawa appeared ringside, back in his old attire, blonde hair, not the ninja gear, and then... Tazawa distracted JBL by taking his cowboy hat and running off through the crowd. Drew McIntyre hits the Claymore to get the pinfall victory. 
Um, good match. Sound match from beginning to end. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the actual match itself. I just don't know who gained from this. Because I don't think it was Drew McIntyre and he was the one that win. And I definitely don't think Baron Corbin gained anything out of this. So, not the most effective segment, even though the match itself was very entertaining to watch. Next, the OC were interviewed about Judgment Day. AJ vows to end this at Survivor Series, but gets interrupted by Balor. And it descends into a brawl between the two teams. The brawl ends up outside. And the two teams fight in the parking lot as the show goes to a commercial break. If there's one thing I know about Triple H booking, it's that he loves parking lot brawls. And that's what we got here between these two teams. I'm I'm starting to... I'm going to save that comment, actually, because I got a... uh, My old co-host from the Redacted Radio days... He, John Roca, he's going to be with me this week. We're doing a special Survivor Series predictions episode. So because of that, I'm going to hold off on what I was about to say. But I do think that this feud has run its course. I think we've hit the end of this. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it does come to an end at Survivor Series, even if there's beef between me and him. And Rhea Ripley still, that's unresolved, since that's how she got brought back in. I do think that this kind of needs to be the end. Because they're starting to kind of do the same things over and over again between the two teams. And I think that everyone involved, um, as much as they enjoy working together, as much chemistry as they all have together, I do think the feud is starting to run out of steam to some degree. Also, quick note, Mia Yim is now known as Michin. Michin, which means crazy in Korean, I believe. Is that what it said? I'm going to go to the retweet so I don't miss... Yeah, crazy in Korean. So, um, I think that... I, I'm assuming... Because they still said Mia Yim a bunch of times. And they called her like Mia... Uh, Mia Michin Yim. And it was thrown around. But Michin was up there now. I, I'm guessing just if I had to like guess... Then it's just a sense of it's a legal thing where, you know, they wanted to own the name, so Michin it is, and Michin's fine. I got nothing. I got. She seemed to like the name. She seems to be into it, um, and I think it can fit. I think I think it can work. Not everyone has to be like a normal name like a Mia Yim. So Michin works. I'm into it, especially if it's supposed to be like their, you know, their crazy Korean female backup in the OC. I'm into it. Lastly, oh no, wait, not lastly. Got two more things here. Bianca Belair leads her team to the ring for Asuka's match in the main event. Bianca says they're ready for war. And Alexa Bliss talks about how she's going to dump Nikki Cross in the trash like Nikki did to the 24-7 title. Bianca says they'll make the final announcement this Friday on SmackDown as to who their fifth member is. Let's quickly talk about that. So we're going to have predictions, like I said. We're going to do a full predictions podcast. So I'm not going to tell you who I think it's going to be. But let's lay out some of the options on the table. How about that? Let's lay out some of the options for this fifth member. I'm not going to tell you who I think it is, though. I'm going to save that for my predictions episode. But I think this seems to be the running 
um, the, the leading speculation from wrestling Twitter, from wrestling social media. All right, so I think the the one that people are expecting, the, the, the easy answer is Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae was already involved in this feud. It seemed like her injury was a, a worked injury for storyline purposes, so you could easily bring her back. That's number one. Number two, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, the man, was taken out of action and storyline by damage control. Now, she was injured for real in the match at SummerSlam. But, storyline, she was taken out of action by damage control. So, because of her being taken out of action by damage control, obviously, story-wise, the answer that makes the most sense and has the most impact and the biggest name value attached that's currently in the company, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch makes all the sense in the world, and who wouldn't want to see Becky Lynch in a War Games match with Bailey? That's money all day. I'm into that. Now, third. Third's a little bit of a wild card, but I see a lot of people talking about the possibility of Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix was also involved in the feud with Rhea Ripley, she had some beef with with Rhea. Rhea was wearing the Beth tribute gear, saying that it was you know it was a memory in memorance, uh, a memory of of the late Beth Phoenix. You know Beth is gonna want that revenge on Rhea Ripley. But does she want to step into war? Does she want to go through war? That's a good question. Beth Phoenix though is a definitely another contender. And lastly. The show is on the the, the the announcement. Lastly, the I'm gonna let me start over there. Lastly, since this announcement is happening on SmackDown, I've seen another person who's being speculated is obviously Sasha Banks. War Games is in her hometown. She's a SmackDown superstar, technically. So it does it would line up to have her involved. And to have her make the announcement, or have the announcement made on SmackDown this week because of the fact that she's a SmackDown superstar. And we have yet to hear what the deal is with Sasha Banks. I think the most we have heard is she posted something saying that she's working on something for six months, or working towards something for six months, and it was finally going to be coming to fruition soon. So a lot of people are, are speculating on the fact that it might be wrestling. But I do think... Those are the leading four suspects. Candice LeRae, Becky Lynch, Beth Phoenix, Sasha Banks. Yeah, Charlotte Flair's a heel. I know that she's kind of like another one hanging out there and kind of like low-hanging fruit. But I just don't see Bianca Belair trusting Charlotte Flair in war games. That's just my opinion. The character of Bianca Belair probably shouldn't trust Charlotte Flair in a War Games match. That's just my personal opinion there. Um, so Rhea and Damage Control come out next, and Bailey calls into question whether they actually have a fifth member or not. Asuka finally cuts her off, saying, Shut up, and tells Rhea, Let's do this. Now, near the end of the match, Rhea went for the Riptide. But Asuka reversed it into an Asuka lock attempt. Kinda. Both their teams appeared... Both of the, the, the War Games teams 
appeared ringside again at this point, and then Asuka locked in an armbar on Ripley, but she powered out of it and eventually hit the Riptide to get the win for her team. So, Team Damage Control, Team Bailey get the War Games advantage this weekend. After the match was over, Bailey pulled Asuka out of the ring, and a brawl between both teams broke out. Michin then ran out to even the sides again, and Asuka dove onto the rest of the people ringside to close the show. I was actually really surprised with this week's episode of Raw and the fact that the women's war games match is Raw-based. You know, Bloodline is SmackDown-based, the men's one. So the women's war games match is uh, you know Raw-based, and this was the only segment they were in the whole show. Uh, you know, when Damage Control have kind of been dominating the airwaves since they are appeared on the scene all right next here's a portion of this week's interview on out of character i'm going aj styles all right i'm going aj styles you're going finn Balor. always take the prince that's what i say (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to this third match on the card ronda rousey versus shotzi now this is shotzi's biggest opportunity yet i'm a huge fan of shotzi i think that there is a ton of star potential in Shotzi I think that Shotzi is someone if given the opportunity will thrive in that but I have seen I have seen talk online of of some people similar to the damage control thing a divide Uh where I see some people being like hell yeah Shotzi getting that title shot and some people are like I don't know did Shotzi really earn her way there yet is she at that point in her career where she should be getting where she could be seen on a level playing field right. as a ronda rousey where do you stand in that i like shotzi as a wrestler i love they gave her a tank back that was yes. great to see that back finally a good build up to finally get that tank back she's great i think let's deal let's deal with the truth here with pro wrestling wins and losses matter and then don't matter i mean do you want to look at the Miz's record i mean for god's sakes so it's, it's about what sells and i think triple h sees Shotzi as a potential superstar and maybe she wasn't booked the best or maybe things just didn't work out uh, under previous ownership. And so having him step in and maybe try to redeem her a little bit, give her a shot. I also think Ronda's still learning how to be a pro wrestler. She's she's advanced pretty fast considering the time frame she's been in. But putting her in, in with a veteran like Shotzi to see what they can do together, if they've got great chemistry together, I think it's a smart move. Plus, it's a good showcase for Shotzi to be seen by the fans in a high premier um, match to see what she can do, and it's smart. Because if she comes out looking great, even with the loss, then you've got yourself a reborn Shotzi, a fan base that is back behind her like they loved her at NXT, and then you can play with her and go many different many different directions with her if you want to. I think that also to piggyback off of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronda is still kind of only new at being a heel. She's still very new at being a heel, even yes. though she's been booed many times of throughout her time in WWE. Right, right. This is really the first time where they're like letting her be a heel, and it's great. And it's it's so good. she's taking it like a duck to water. And <laughs> bringing Shayna along has redeemed Shayna as well in a positive way because certainly Shayna's been a damn good wrestler. But bringing her back into this fold has just been so smart. Absolutely. They're both like, all right, let's be bullies together yes. uh, on this main roster. And I think that Shotzi is someone who, whether people think that, that she's at that point yet in her career or not, I think that Shotzi is someone who people do like. Yes. Just as a person. Naturally. As a character. Yeah. And and like you said, that tank, dude. That tank. Tanks everything. You can't go to a WWE show 
see someone come out in a cool ass little mini tank. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm done officially tapping out for now. But before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full Raw and SmackDown roundups every week. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out put a lot of work into them so I hope that you're enjoying them and if you are enjoying them make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on I think you can only leave an actual review on Apple Podcasts, but leave a, a rating on Spotify just let people know you like this show please I want more people to listen to it <laughs> Also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on video. So go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. There's also clips from Raw and SmackDown there. There's clips from Out of Character. There's YouTube shorts. There's a community tab. Everything that you would want out of a YouTube channel in wrestling is there on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. So go make sure you subscribe and also follow WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them. So make sure you are following us there. All right, you go have a great Sunday and we'll be back Monday tomorrow to talk about Monday Night Raw once over.